This is Eric from Cheyenne, Wyoming, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Hello, hockey fans from around the world. I am Richard Cote, the producer of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. It is the second line edition of the podcast, and you know what that means. No, it's not that I've got a good feeling. It means that I am joined by the publisher of ProHockeyNews.com, Lou Lafredo. Lou, how are you doing? I am doing very well. Uh, weather has moderated, and um, I've been getting out on my bike now. So it's all good. Life is good. Good. Glad to hear. Listeners, this week we are without our snarky Canadian Jacob Doherty. He is... I don't know what he is doing, but he is not with us this week. He just uh, he just told us he couldn't make it. He must have better prior obligations that he had to meet rather than talk hockey with us. But listeners, I'm glad you are here to listen to us talk about hockey. Uh, and I would like to remind you that this episode of the Pro Hockey News Podcast is brought to you by My Custom Sports Chair. Head over to My Custom Sports Chair, enter in code PHN15 to get 15% off your order. Get some sweet, sweet, you know, fan cave chairs for whatever you'd like. Put them outside, put them in your cave, wherever you want them. My custom sports chair. Thank you for being a sponsor of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Just as an uh, aside, just as an aside, before you move on, okay. I'm using my chair to nurse, uh, to, to hold my tumbler of bourbon <laughs> as I, as I weep. <laughs> <laughs> from the first round results. So it, it, it's it's a perfect gift. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving, it, isn't it, it? It really does. And it nurses <laughs> that that tumbler of bourbon just perfectly. So thanks. Yes. As you continue to watch the, the playoffs, whether it be the ECHL, the AHL, or the NHL, uh, you can do it in comfort with my custom sports chair. Um, you know, I I don't really have much of a rant, more of just kind of, uh, a mention it is uh it is a good time of year where the weather gets really nice at least in spurts here in colorado uh we've had snowstorms we've had rain we've had 70 degree weather where we could see 80 degree weather next week um so it's actually nice that i was able to get out and mow the lawn for the first time this year uh sad to report that you know the condition of my lawn is actually very sad. Uh, but I got to get out and, you know, push the mower around, get a little bit of exercise. And um, it, it was just, it was nice. It was nice. It was nice to be able to, to trim up that lawn. Uh, if you need to get some trimming done, head over to our sponsors, Manscaped. Uh, you can use the, um, the URL manscaped.com slash pro hockey news, get 20% off your purchase. Lou, I just had to get that in. I, as I yeah. was moving on today, I was like, this is a great segue to a, a manscaped read. I threw it in early this episode. Listeners, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> With that out of the way, all the business out of the way, at least for now, let's talk playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, you know, seasons are done over in the UK. So we have no bangers and mash from Lou this week. I'm a little sad about it, but we do have playoff hockey to cheer us up. Let's take a look at the ECHL. And I think the big talk about uh, the ECHL playoffs this year was the very slow start that the Idaho Steelheads had after the dominant season. And that, that has been a reoccurring theme across all sports this year. But the, the extremely slow start we saw from Idaho, Lou, mm. um, I mean, what was it about Utah that just really hung them up? I think uh, the Steelheads went into this a little overconfident. I think they were looking past Utah in those first two games uh, down in um, – oh, God, I just remember – the, the name of the city just escaped me. Sorry to um, Utah fans. But um, I, I think that uh, Steelheads went down there and just coughed up those first two games. Um, they weren't really weren't terribly close. I, I believe you're you're looking for West Valley City, Utah. That's it. Uh, thank you, West Valley, uh, West <laughs> Valley City, and I think that's really all that it was. Um, they just went in there, and I, I think they thought they were going to walk all over them. You know, to be honest yep. with you, 
<laughs> yeah. Me. And, and so it was just a matter of them turning it around. Uh, and, and let's face it, um, um, as I'm sure you're going to talk about, the way they won the series uh, could have easily gone the other way as a sweep. Absolutely. Having to come back and win four overtime games in a row to uh, end the series in six games. You're right. This very well could have been a sweep or very well could have gone to seven games. Utah was on the doorstep the entire series. If they did not win and okay. Game one was a fluke. Everything else was a one goal game. Game two, three, two game three, three to two game four, the highest scoring of the bunch six to five game five, three, two game six, three, two. So you know, outside of, of game one, which was the, the 3-0 shutout for Utah, I mean, I, this series really was going either way. And right. Idaho just really, you know, they got to be counting their blessings right now, being able to move out of the first round, because that was almost a very serious upset. It would have been as, as big a shocker um, as we will talk about later. Right. And, yeah, I would be I, sad to talk about it, but the league. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know what other league you're talking about. It didn't no, happen, Lou. It yeah, didn't yeah, happen. Yeah. No, no, of course not. No. <laughs> what am I let's, thinking? Let's take a look at the other first round series that we saw in the ECHL. Um let me get situated here. Uh starting with the North Division, we had Newfoundland taking the series over Eddie Rondak, uh, four to one. We have the Reading Royals who uh, took the series over the uh, Maine Mariners for two in six games. Uh, South Carolina Stingrays win in six games against the Florida Everblades. It, you know, it's to me, it's exciting to see the Stingrays back in actually like, you know, really doing, uh, you know, playing great hockey in the playoffs. It's been a, a couple of years since we've seen this from them, but, um, I think it's good to have them back. It was unfortunate to see them play the Everblades in the first round. I wanted to see that as a later round matchup, but you know, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville going six games with the uh, Greensville Swamp Rabbits, the uh, Cincinnati Cyclone move on in seven games against the Fort Wayne Comets. That that was an interesting series too. Uh, Cincinnati winning game seven, one to nothing um, after Fort Wayne absolutely crushed them in game six, six, nothing. So exciting series there. Toledo shutting out the Indy fuel. I don't think anybody was terribly surprised in that one. Toledo had a very hot end of the season. I think they just turned it on, you know, at the right time in Indy, you know, they, they had their struggles this season. Um course we talked about idaho winning their series uh 4-2 and then the allen americans also uh advanced over the kansas city mavericks 4-2 um so those those are uh the first round matchups so right now we have um in the second round the steelheads and the americans we have the cyclones and the walleye which <laughs> that's going to be a good series yeah. uh the icemen and the uh Oh, hold on. Did I, did I say no, you got an Iceman no. in the Everblades? I, I said that the South Carolina Stingrays won over the Everblades. I'm sorry. I had that the other way around. Oh. Uh, so the Stingrays lost to Florida for two. So I, I take back what I said about South, South Carolina. I misread that. Apologies, listeners. Uh, so we have the Iceman against the Everblades. And then we have the Growlers and Royals in the North Division finals. Um, Lou, out of all of these, I mean, I think the obvious choice is um, the Central Division, but which one are you excited about the most? Actually, Sorry. Let's, let's let's go with which one are you going to be watching the closest? Um, I, I I guess my um, emotional link back to the ECHL is through Ohio. Uh, we had uh, season tickets to the Columbus chill. And so we saw the cyclones on a regular basis. It was the hated cyclones, <laughs> <laughs> hated the cyclones. We did not have the walleye at the time, but, um, um, just absolutely hated them. Uh, but it was fun. <laughs> it was a fun little rivalry. Um, and that's the one I'm really looking forward to because I guess I'm a little partial to the walleye. One of their head coaches was one of my coaches at uh, Can-Am Hockey out in Vegas. So I have a soft spot for the walleye. They're the ones I'm going to watch. How about you? 
That's I think that's going to be the most exciting matchup. The one I'm going to keep the closest eye on, as we just talked about them, the Steelheads and the Americans. I am curious how Idaho is going to move forward after that really close series with Utah. I wonder what they still have in the tank and uh, if the Americans are going to be able to exploit any of the weaknesses that we're showing against Utah. That That's the one I'm going to be watching the closest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess I was a little surprised that the Americans uh, got through to the next round. Uh, they had had a difficult time uh, closing out the season. And so um, I'm glad to see them playing well. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move over to the American Hockey League or the AHL, as the kids are calling it these days. Uh, let's take a look at the second round action that we had. Um, well, uh, we actually, we still have going on because we only have two teams who have advanced out of the second round. Uh, first game we have going on tonight, the Hartford Wolfpack lead their series against the Providence Bruins. Best of five. They're winning uh, two games to one. They could potentially close it out tonight. If not, they play again on Sunday for a game five, if necessary, uh, the, in the, uh, semifinals for the Atlantic division, we also had the Hershey bears and the Charlotte checkers. Hershey bears won that three games to one moving on to face, uh, this team called TBD. Um, I guess we'll, we'll find out later anyways, <laughs> in the North division, uh, semifinals, uh, between the Toronto Marlies and the Utica comets, uh, Marlies hold a two, one series lead. Uh, I, believe game uh four or yeah game four is gonna be played tonight as well uh and also in the north division we have the syracuse crunch and the rochester americans knotted up at two games apiece game five will be played tomorrow night saturday may 6th as we're recording this on friday may 5th happy cinco de mayo to all who celebrate uh and that leads us to the central division the uh, texas stars swept the rockford ice hogs Sad day for me. I love it when the Ice Hogs are involved in any way, shape, or form. But you know what? Texas Stars have a a really good team sweeping that series, waiting for their next opponent in the next round. Also in the Central Division, in the semifinals, we have the Manitoba Moose with a 2-1 lead over the uh, Milwaukee Admirals. Game 4 will be played tonight. And uh, game five will be played on Saturday. So they'll be playing back-to-backs uh, game five, if necessary. The Pacific Division semifinals, we have the Calgary Wranglers and the Abbotsford Canucks. The Wranglers have a two-to-one lead over the Abbotsford Canucks in that series. Game four going to be happening tonight. Game five on Sunday, if necessary. And the last semifinals in the Pacific Division, the Coachella Valley Firebirds and the Colorado Eagles all knotted up at two games. Game five happening tonight at Coachella Valley. Um, that that's a good game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. my, my, my partialness to the Eagles aside, that's, that's just going to be a fun game. Anytime a game goes to the, the final game of the series, you know, they're going to be giving it their all. So that's, that's what we have in the, uh, in the AHL Lou, which of these series, uh, let's, let's talk about the two series that are going to be going to a game five here either Coachella, Colorado, or the uh, crunch in the Americans, uh, which one of those two are you, are you more excited about? Well, um, I think that I, I would, I would put my interest in the Syracuse Rochester okay. uh, series uh, for the, the primary reason of seeing what, Tampa Bay has in the tank um, in Syracuse and what the Buffalo Sabres have uh, coming up in the, out of the AHL in, in Rochester. So I, I guess I see the AHL as, you know, future contests at the, at the NHL level. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm interested in uh, the crunch and, and the Mercs. So you don't see the, uh, you know, another potential matchup of the, the abs and the crack in here, with uh, oh, Coachella in Colorado. Well, I, you know, um, I, I had to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get it. I had I to get pick it. one. Yeah, I had to pick and, one. Um, I, I, I'm impressed. I've been impressed all season by Coachella Valley. They um, they had a great season, and um, I, you know, enjoyed seeing the Eagles um, 
come up and uh, qualify for the postseason this year. So, and yeah. rightfully so, you can see. I mean, these are uh, the Eagles are playing a whole lot uh, better than I would have expected. And to uh, have uh, Coachella Valley tied up 2-2 uh, after they swept Ontario two games to none. Yeah, the Eagles are good. And, you know, I I, I get it. Like, I, I'm partial to the Eagles just, you know, from my proximity yeah. to them. And I've covered a few of their games. Uh, it, it's a fun time there at the Budweiser Event Center. Um but I, I no, I think you're right. I think the the crunch in the Americans is probably the the game to watch. This series has just had so many stinking goals. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. Game one, three, uh, two, three. Uh, game two, three, nothing. Game three was the one to watch. Eight to five, Rochester <laughs> win, and then they follow it up uh, a couple of nights later, four nothing over Syracuse. So you know, after dropping the first two games, Rochester's. You know, storming back. So it will be really interesting to see what happens uh, on Saturday. Um, but I guess, you know, also my excitement for Colorado is, you know, the game's happening tonight. Right. I, I have excitement for tomorrow night, too. So right, right. Uh, we'll keep tabs on that. You can head over to ProHockeyNews.com and get all the latest updates on all of the playoffs, whether it be NHL, AHL, or ECHL. We'll have news from all of those games as we continue on the postseason. All right. Before we get to the NHL uh, playoffs, which are also still definitely happening, even though a lot of the teams that I know some of the biggest markets have have lost out on. Um, we, ha- we have some news that have uh, that has come down uh, earlier this week. Uh, the uh, Calgary Flames have decided to part ways with Daryl Sutter. Um they they announced this on on Monday, and um, I, I don't know. Just given the, you know where the team finished and the struggles they had to even be competitive at the in the you know wild card standings until the very end of the season. Um, Lou, are are you shocked by this, or did you kind of see this coming with the struggles they had early on? Well, you know, I I don't know. Honest, honest to Pete, I, I guess when the when I saw the headline is like uh, my first thought was, well, yeah. And then who's next? Uh, but going everything into that headline, um, I, I did not have Suter losing his job because in my mind, the Flames lost because of lack of goaltending. Uh, Jacob Markstrom has been an absolute bust uh, mm-hmm. in Calgary, and you know the coach can only do what what they can do with the talent they've been given by their general manager. And uh, the one that did not surprise me was the firing of Brad Treliving a couple of weeks previous to that. I mean, as mm-hmm. soon as the season was over, Brad was gone. Yeah. <clears throat> And something of a soft spot for Brad since he was head of the WPHL um, and had, uh, you know, CHL connections when we still had a team here in New Mexico. Uh, He's a great guy. Um, Always enjoyed talking to him. But uh, the pseudo thing, to get back to your question, uh, it was something of a, a surprise. Yeah, I mean, he he was only under a two year contract, if I'm not mistaken with, with mm-hmm. Calgary, he had finished the first year and I, I think his, his contract was going to be done at the end of next season. Next. Yeah. Yes. At the end of the 2024, uh, 2023, 24 season. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, to, to your point, you know, goaltending is, is an extremely key component to, any playoff caliber team, we know this. Um, although, you know, as, as we go further into this podcast, you'll probably hear us, at least hear me talk about, um, you know, how some goaltending just didn't appear. But um, I, th- I think you're right. They, they had pieces. I think the expectations for Suter were not unreasonable, but a little too high given the season they had before that. Um, and, you know, given the pieces that everybody in that division were, were thrown at each other, I mean, you had Edmonton, who was finally fire, firing on all cylinders, as we're seeing in the postseason now. 
Vegas, who is extremely tough. Seattle, I don't think anybody saw it, you know, let alone making the postseason, but, you know, actually, you know, winning quite a few games. So they had some stiff competition in that division. That division has actually gotten a lot better in the last season. Um, but uh, I, I figured they'd give him at least a little leeway and have him finish out his contract rather than saying, all right, um, season over. See you see later. You. Yeah. Yeah. Although I guess that they did wait a week or so after the season to finally let him go, but you know, splitting hairs there. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm with you, Lou. I, I'm in that middle area where I'm not terribly surprised because there was a lot of heat on him unintended. Um, but you know, I, I'm also kind of perplexed because he only had one more year on that contract and I don't think they're going to be getting any better bringing in a, a new head coach, at least in the next season. They're not going to improve. No. And did you see, have you seen some of the news reports coming out of Calgary um, targeting players on, on the Flames roster? Um, they have been accused of being snowflakes. And they, not my words. These yeah. are this is stuff coming up, uh, not from social media either. Um, that uh, players were whining, and you know that uh, all, so much stuff, so much ugliness has come out of Calgary uh, since the end of the season, and uh, suggesting that uh, Suter was too tough on on the players and. I, you know, I, I don't know the, the veracity of some of the comments or where they're coming from, but it, it has gotten ugly in Calgary. Mm. And, uh, you know, if Jacob were here, he, you know, he's far closer to uh, Calgary than we are um, geographically, never mind emotionally. Um, so it would be, it would have been interesting to catch his uh, take on that, but um, it's, it's all very disappointing what's going on up there in Calgary. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, given that I actually had not seen that scope of it. So, I mean, maybe yeah. now that that makes a whole lot more sense why they've decided to shake up the leadership. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, his post game press conferences, at least early on in the season, we know that he, he wasn't really holding back. No. Entertaining, at least for us. <laughs> yeah. But he, he definitely wasn't holding back on his, his thoughts. Um, but you know, I I just kind of assume that's that's who he was, and that's who the team accepted him to be. Um, I, I don't uh, again, since I wasn't in the locker room, I I don't know the intricate details, and I don't think any of us will unless we sit down and talk with uh, some of the people who were involved in that. So yes, um, Calgary uh, now joining teams such as the Flyers and um, Anaheim. Yes, thank you. This is the the part of the season where we're starting to see uh, where the leadership shakeups are going to be. Right. Um, speaking of shakeups, we know there are going to be some coming on down the road because we've had just uh, this is the first time, at least in in my recent memory, that we've had a lot of disappointing first round exits from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, and Lou, I know uh, two of these teams are very close to both of us. Yes. And uh, we're, we're going to be digging at some deep wounds here. Um, but, you know, for anybody who might have been under a rock the last couple of weeks, yes, Boston, the New York Rangers, and the Colorado Avalanche all lost in the first round. Um, I, I think Colorado or uh, Boston and New York a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit harder pill to swallow for the, the fan base there. New York had a... Pretty good lead in their series. They won their first two games in dominant fashion. Of course, Boston being the best team in the regular season, having struggles with what now looks like a, a fairly good Florida team. <laughs> right. <laughs> if, if the right. first two games against Toronto have been any any indicator, uh, I think Florida was biding their time and <laughs> looking to turn it on here in the postseason. You know what? My hat's off to you guys. You've learned well from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Also, the Tampa Bay Lightning not making the second round, but we're going to exclude them from this list for, you know, having won two cups in the last four years. 
Um, and then, yeah, Colorado and their disappointing, you know, show against the expansion Seattle Kraken. Um, Lou, where, where would you like to start? Oh, let's get it out of the way. Rip um, the Band-Aid off. All yeah, right. rip the Band-Aid off, take the scab and everything else that's that's going to flow out of it. Um, you said uh, Rangers had a uh, two games to none lead. Both of those uh, wins were on the road. They came back home. Um, no one was, I don't think anyone was looking to close out the series in four, but, you know, it was certainly there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they proceeded to score two goals in the next two games, both of them losses, um, which I still don't get it. <laughs> just, I, how do you go from 5-1, 5-1 to 2-1, 3-1? And the 2-1 was an overtime game. Yep. And then lose the the, the fifth game, 4-0. Win the, win the sixth game um, on home ice, 5-1 to one again. 5-2. <laughs> yeah, Five two. Two. Five two. That's right. It was the late goal. It was um, five two. Um and then get shut out a second time. I um I don't know who to point the finger at, but someone needs to have the fickle finger of fate being pointed at them. <laughs> um, um you know, we find out that uh Patrick Kane was injured from the moment he arrived mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Uh, Vladimir uh, Tarasenko, I thought was the best pickup that they could have gotten. He was, I thought he played lights out even in the losses. Uh, but there are a number of players on that roster, I think, will not be there next year. I don't think Chris Drury, the GM, will stand for it. Um, and you lost to a team um, whose front office has all the maturity of a um, 12 year old in grade school. Um, I was, I had a, I had a discussion with Joe Bartnick about this. And I thought that when the uh, Vegas golden Knights came into the league, their snarky uh, social media was brilliant. It, it was, it was, it was, it was pointed. It was biting. But it was good nature. You know, it was always something you could laugh about in their Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the team that the New York Rangers lost to is just mean-spirited. Mm. And I can't even bring myself to mention a name. It's my home state. <laughs> <laughs> my home state is embarrassing. Um, so that's my take. And now you have to... I need well. Well, I, uh, what's your well, response to my my take on the Rangers? Well, we're while we're on the topic of the Rangers, yeah. uh, yes, yeah. uh, disappointing they didn't get more out of some of the key players that they brought in. Uh, but I think the biggest question on everybody's mind is after that play that series loss, is Patrick Kane done? Um, before I understood that he was injured my thought was that his career is over. Who's going to take him after yeah. this, after this performance uh, or lack of performance, knowing that he was injured and, you know, there's a rumor was going around about Quinville uh, coming in to be coach mm-hmm. and who's he going to keep? <laughs> Gee, I wonder. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, um, so I, that's my response to the King thing. You, you think he's got one more season? I think he's got Rangers? one more. Yeah, one more with the Rangers, I think. They're not going to – I can't imagine cutting that they would cut him loose. And I, I, I don't see them cutting Tarasenko loose. I don't know Signing so much if it's going to be that they cut him loose. I, I don't, just I wonder if he's feeling that – I mean, he, he won cups with Chicago. Right. He, he, I feel like he was in the best position to win another one – that he's been in, in a few years, right? He, he's going to be 35 next year. I mean, does he still like, does he still have it in the tank or is he thinking these injuries are mounting up, you know, which is, you know, why I was not as productive in the playoffs this year. 
can I get healthy to be productive next year? Or is he going to call it? Yeah, I thought he was brilliant in game two of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was the difference maker uh, in the game two 5-1 win uh, in Newark. Uh, but it could be that he exhausted whatever um, health he had um, in the in his lower body and he disappeared, literally disappeared yeah. from the ice. Uh, there are certainly others that uh, 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 can accept that blame as well. And I, I know we're going to talk about this with the next two teams that we're going to bring up here. Um, but right now, just how I'm looking at the roster of the of the Rangers here, they're actually in a very good position as far as who they're able to retain for next season and what like if they don't do if they don't sign anybody new or they don't make any trades to free up any money, um, the pieces that they would lose are, are not the biggest pieces that they, they need to keep. I mean, yes, Tarasenko would be gone. Uh, I, you know, I think we assumed he was going to be a rental this season anyway. Uh, Patrick Kane would be gone and uh, Tyler Mott would be gone. Um, oh, and uh Mikola. Yeah. Nico Mikola. Um, he, he would be gone. And then you'd have two restricted free agents, both on entry level contracts. Um, yeah. Uh, like the pieces you would lose, not irreplaceable. I mean, there, there, there are some good pieces that would be gone, but the, the core of this team that's still together, even after all of your free agents are gone, still an extremely competitive team. Absolutely. Um, the one that I would, I would want to keep is Keandre Miller, uh, mm-hmm. defenseman. Uh, he was outstanding this season. Um, I think what the Rangers need to do is there are a couple of very difficult decisions that they have to make. And um, I think, I think Tyler Mott sticks mm-hmm. because I think he wind up being cheap. Um, Patrick Kane can't ask for the sun, the moon, and the stars after his performance. No. Uh, Tarasenko is 34? He's 31. 31. Um, he's, he can't ask for the sun, the moon, and the stars. You know, he can probably Just ask the for sun two and the moon. out of the three. Yeah, yeah. he can ask for uh, two of the three. Um, but, I, you know, as long as you've got Shesterkin, who played outstanding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even the two four, nothing losses. I mean, at, at the first four, nothing loss, he went to the bench after making, you know, an unnecessarily spectacular save. I mean, just insane uh, stop. He went to the bench and yelled at his teammates, much the same as Jacob Truba had done um, during a Rangers loss to the Chicago Blackhawks during the season. Um and that failed to motivate him. So I'm a little concerned about whether Shesterkin wants to stick around. Yeah. Uh, a 931 save percentage in the series. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd take that. Absolutely. <laughs> and it was huge. It was so much higher before the four, nothing loss. And, oh yeah. Uh, he gave up three goals and, and he, did I, did I hear that it was some sort of record for the fewest goals given up in a series. Um, uh, I'm not sure about that. He had that. done so, he had done so well. Um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, not all of the goals that the, the other team scored were, were, they were, I think there were three empty netters. Yeah. So not all of those were his responsibility. Um, anyway, um, that's my take. Uh, yeah. And I hope that there are changes, I, you know, uh, catastrophic. And this was a catastrophic loss. Um, catastrophic losses need to turn to uh, some sort of positive for the following season. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I think I'll be no, next no. to rip off the band. I've actually got two band-aids to rip off here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go first with the, the team I've been following the longest, the team I've been a fan of the longest. Um, and, you know, Incidentally, happens to be a rival of Lou's team there. Uh, the Boston Bruins. That that loss, or that that series loss, that that stung. 
quite a bit. Um, having the, the, I mean, I know going in, having the best regular season record that, that it means very little. It, it means you're favored, but that's about it. President's trophy curse lives on. Um, I, but I, I have some hope here before I get into what pieces they could potentially <laughs> lose next season. Uh, if this roster somehow magically is able to stay the same, um, I, I have big hopes for Boston um, just because recently we have seen this. We have seen a team go on an unbelievable tear and then lose in the first round. And I, of course I'm going back to the 2018 Tampa Bay lightning uh, of course, having the president's trophy and then getting swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. Boston's wasn't quite a sweep, but it may as well have been because it, it, it just didn't feel like they showed up against Florida. Uh, not, not to take away anything from Florida. Florida is proving to be a very good team right now. Um, but man, uh, I did not see that. I expected Boston to, to make it out of the first round at least. Uh, I think in one of my brackets, I had them winning the cup over Colorado. I was a little bit off on that one. Um, but, you know, I, the, the hope I have is maybe Boston's learned from this and you don't need to dominate the regular season. You don't need to have a plus 130 goal differential. You don't need to have 35 points in the regular season. You don't need to have single digit losses in regulation. You, you just need to make the playoffs. And I think Tampa has done that so well over the last four years after they lost it, you know, being president's trophy the very next season, they come in second place in the Atlantic and then just mow through the playoffs when the Stanley cup yep. following season, same thing, second place, blow through the competition, win the Stanley cup. And then last year, again, they don't win the division. They just make it to the playoffs and then turn it on. They got stopped by a, an unbelievably hot Colorado team in the cup last year, but Tampa still, they, they looked all right. They didn't, they didn't look their best. I think they were a little tired after winning two straight Stanley cups um, and having, you know, now three consecutive short seasons. I understand why Tampa might be out in the first round. They might be a little tired right now, which is also why we're not counting them in this list, but I'm hoping Boston has taken that lesson from Tampa and now you have the pieces put into place. You have, you know, a coach in Jim Montgomery who knows how to work with his players. Now he knows his staff. You have the, the personnel and um, the, uh, you know, the coaching in place. All you need to do is follow the blueprint. You, you don't, you don't need to dominate. You just need to get there, get to the playoffs and then you can turn it on. Cause we know this team can turn it on. Um, we've seen them bounce back from hard losses and then just go on unbelievable winning streaks. Right. This team is built for the postseason. They just didn't realize it when they, you know, had that phenomenal regular season. That's what gives me hope. Now let's talk about what's going to worry me. How about their eight unrestricted free agents that are going to be happening next season? Uh, Nick Falingo. Uh, we have uh, Patrice Bergeron, which I, it, it was always kind of a, a toss up if he's coming back next season, if he's going to retire uh, <laughs> at 37. If, I guess it really depends on if he believes he could be a difference maker and if he believes that Boston can go on a, a cup run next season. Yeah. But he's an unrestricted free agent next year, possibly retiring. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, he was a rental He's a UFA. Uh, Thomas Nuzik, UFA. Um, David Krejci, UFA. And then uh, Dmitry Orlov, another rental, but that would be a key component if you can keep him, that it was a great addition to your blue line. Um, and then uh, Clifton Connor, also a UFA. So they, they have some big pieces and um, some not so big pieces, but could be a big impacts to the roster. Um, that's what's worrying me is, is the potential loss in the off season. Right. Well, you know, one thing we talked about at the beginning of the season was uh, Boston's overall age. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I had discounted them uh, going into the season. Well, they're, you know, 
time marches on, they're going to be a year older next year. I think that's why uh, Bergeron is is mulling uh, his options. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to get young. They do. The, um, uh, and the other one, I thought Orlov was just a brilliant pickup. Yeah. Uh, coming down the end of the season. But except for, I think, two games, um, he disappeared in the playoffs as well. Yeah. I don't think he played particularly well uh, after the first couple of games. And then, you know, let's face it, the, they, the Bruins, in my mind, never faced adversity in the regular season, right? I mean, right. 135 points, how many losses? They had 65 wins. Um. So they they just never faced any kind of adversity, and um, the Florida Panthers won Game Five, and I think the season I think the series was over that night. Yep, um, that was the overtime. Uh, no, I, I'm sorry, um, it's escaping me. Um, but they won game five, cut it to three, two, went home. And, and, and the other thing on our pages, what was written was that the Bruins did not lose the series. Uh, the Panthers won it. Oh, they did. 100%. Yes. And I think they won the series in game five when they closed the gap to three, two, because I don't think the, I don't think the Bruins were prepared for a, a tight series and then yeah. it was over. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, yeah. Kudos to the the Panthers having to win three straight to extend their season. Cause yeah, they, yeah. they were down three, one um, before that winning streak. So I and mean, let's not found... forget what they're doing now. Yeah. It's <laughs> on a five game a winning streak. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a fluke. Apparently Paul Maurice has got them playing. Well, I think the other thing too, is that Bobrovsky uh, found his game. I think so too. Alex Lyon uh, played really well in the first two games of the first round series. And then uh, went, uh, um, he led in a couple of soft goals in that game three and it's been Bobrovsky ever since. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what changes they're going to make. I don't think they have to change much, but those pieces you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to move a lot of money around to keep those pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, all right. So my second Band-Aid, as we rip that off, um, we just talked about them, the Colorado Avalanche, the team I, I follow closest here in, in Denver. Um, I, you know, of course, covered them for PHN as they were in the Stanley Cup. Um, also, ha- having a... a rough time in the first round, not looking like the team that we saw last season. And they, they really haven't been able to find their stride except for, you know, the last 10 games of the regular season Uh, before that. I mean, it, it it was, uh, it was touch and go. Uh, They maintained a few games in hand on Dallas and Minnesota up until the very end. Uh, They had a very condensed schedule, which I think was kind of easy to keep things rolling, but um Coming into the first round against Seattle, uh, I I think there was a mix of, you know, people weren't expecting much out of Seattle and um, just the fact that um, that Colorado was the, the reigning champs uh, maybe put a lot of favorability in Colorado going into the second round. Um I think one thing that we're all forgetting is um, we don't have the same goaltender here as we did. Not that Darcy Kemper was, was our savior, but he sure looked like it last season. Uh, he had a, a breakout season um, with the Avs. Uh, Georgiev. Um, I, I still feel like he was a good pickup. I still feel like he was, oh. he was what Colorado needed. He, he was a little bit more of a stable goaltender, but, uh, but he wasn't um, – I, I feel like when it, when it came down to the wire, he wasn't making the saves that he probably needed to make. He had never been a number one goal – well, never been a one, number one goaltender for an entire season. Right. And uh, With the Rangers. 
Yeah. And, and I think by the time the playoffs came around and, and the pressure of, you know, the, the final 10 games and, and getting the, the abs a good position, Georgiev played very well. And I think he may have, um, cause he, he looked weak in the playoffs. He did. And that was unfortunate. I, I, I always thought that he was, a really good goaltender and was disappointed that he left. Uh, but he wanted to be a number one. And this was his first real year of being a number one uh, start to finish. And uh, I would look at him returning next season far better, far stronger. I think so. And I, the team that's going to be in front of him is also going to be quite a bit stronger because there was a lot of dealing with injury and mm. suspensions and, you know, um, I mean, your captain didn't play all season. So that that's got to drain at least a little bit on, on the locker room itself. Um, mm-hmm. And there's still some uncertainty of when he's going to be back. Um, right. he, he was obviously not making the postseason, So this season was a wash for him. We, we have no timetable of when he's coming back next season. Um, but um, I mean, as far as, the defenseman you have in front of you, I think uh, Georgiev is in a good place. If we could pick up maybe um, another top four uh, defenseman, sure. I think this team would look unstoppable. Um, but as you know, as we're looking at right now, um, Eric Johnson is going to be a UFA next season. Jack Johnson also going to be UFA. Um, and then uh, JT Comfer. Lars Ellers, uh, you know, was, was a pickup, but you know, I, I don't know if there's going to be any talk about trying to keep him on long-term, uh, Evan Rodriguez, also a UFA, um, Cogliano is also going to be UFA, Darren Helm. Um, I, I Jeez. Th- this feels like, oh, and, and Matt Nieto, but I mean, <laughs> we won the cup without him. Um, th- this, um, this situation with the UFAs for Colorado is extremely worrisome because you have some really big names in there and you're not going to bring back all of them. You're not going to be no. able to, you have, you don't have the money. No. Um, and, and at this point it's, you know, who are you going to gamble on? Are, are you going to, are you going to keep JT Comfer? I, I feel like we owe him because he has produced so much for the avalanche, especially in the postseason. Um, Evan Rodriguez, he, he was a good pickup in the offseason. Um, but do we decide we need to part ways after a couple of years with him or after a season with him? Um, yeah, it's just it, you, you, have, you, you have a lot more going on in Colorado than I feel like you do in Boston as far as the impact players who are going to be UFAs next season. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that um, as you were talking about that, about the the number of unrestricted free agents, uh, both in Boston and and, uh, Colorado and uh, Denver, that uh, Chris Drury has been much maligned as the general manager of the Rangers. And yet look at the stability of the lineup. Absolutely. They still haven't won a cup. Um, It's, it's going to be 30 years um, next season since the last cup. And I've this year, I've been following this team for 60 years <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen one. Um, I don't want to die. Not only having seen one. Um, um, so they need to do something, but if they're in a far better position, they have assets. Whereas you in Denver have to fill a, a, a potential empty, uh, Assets locked. And let, let's talk draft as we're uh, we're talking about potentially filling slots. Yeah. Colorado has a first round pick in this year's draft, and they don't have another pick until round five. They, they have a one, a five, six, and a seven. And then in 2024, they have a one, a four, a six, and a seven. So they're, they're missing some pretty key um, draft picks here because no second round picks they they can produce some uh some pretty good players you know not not all the best players go in the first round there are some that sneak through to the second sure um 
But uh, if you also look at the the Rangers draft picks, this this upcoming draft, they have a first round, a third round, two six, and that's it. Mm. So they they're in a similar boat, but they you know if they're able to trade to move up and maybe get a second round or a second first round, um, I, I don't think they need to do that, but. That would definitely help out the longevity of of this team. Yeah, and they have to be a whole lot smarter uh, in their picks. Yeah. Um, this Alexi Lafreniere, in the end, I think is going to be, will rank among the, and, and it's, this pains me to say, because uh, I really like the kid, but I think he will rank among the biggest butts in NHL draft history as a number one. Um, they got Capo Caco as a number two the same year that Jack Hughes went number one. But Caco just seems to be coming to into his own now. I mean, you know, okay. the other thing too is that these guys are like, what, 21, 22? And we're expecting them to be, um, you know, seasoned veterans. And that's a that has to be taken into account as well. All right. Well, I, I think, um, I mean, there's going to be big moves with these clubs, no matter what. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, you know, hopefully next season we'll see um, these teams back in the playoffs again. Maybe they'll be competing for the Stanley Cup, at least for something sparkly. And if you need something sparkly, head over to our friends at LDE Affinity Jewelry. Uh, check out the awesome jewelry that they have up on the website. Pick up yourself something sparkly. And uh, maybe feel like a winner, like a Stanley Cup champion. Um, all right. So we, we've talked teams who, who were disappointing in the first round. Uh, this is a question that we that I think we need to ask ourselves as we've seen a near dynasty in Tampa Bay and the team that they have, which is not really getting any younger. Um is this the last we are going to be seeing of the Tampa Bay Lightning as a competitive team in the Eastern Conference? I don't think that they are the shoe-ins that they have been for four years. I think this year uh, was really kind of telling that um, they just didn't have it to get over the hump. And next year, I think, is going to be even more difficult um, you know, it was surprising that they made it to, I, I was surprised that they made it to, uh, the third spot in the Atlantic division. I honestly thought they were going to fall into a, um, a wild card spot, which might have been a better place for them to start. Um, you think, you think a, a first round matchup against Boston? I mean, we saw it happen to Boston, well, but you think a well, first round against Boston might've been a better fit? I think it would have given them a little bit more motivation. Okay. Yeah. I, and given how Boston played, you know, Tampa might have made it through the second round. Yeah. Um, um, but um, your, your question is whether what we're going to see in the future. I think uh, we're, in, we're in a rebuild mode at some point in the next season or two in Tampa. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like this team has been fading ever since their their cup or their cup loss last year. Um, it wasn't the same Tampa team that we've seen, you know, the last no. couple of seasons. Uh, they did look a little slow against Colorado, um, but that that could have been just, you know, we saw some fresh blood in Colorado. We saw some young talent who who was coming up in speed that we haven't seen out of a, a lot of teams in the league. Um, especially with, you know, McCarr and McKinnon, um, those two, you know, outside of Connor McDavid, those are the you know, fastest two players in hockey right now. Right. Um, I, I think there was a little bit of shock in that. Um, as far as I want to say Tampa is going to be looking to retool. I don't know if they're in a full, they'd be in a full rebuild next year, but I think they're looking to retool what they have. But given the competition that's 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 uh, rising in the Atlantic Division, I think it's going to be tough for them to come back and be 
competitive in those first three positions. I think you have Toronto, who's um, who's going to be fighting for that top spot in the Atlantic. I think you're going to have Boston coming back in some shape or form. They're still going to be good. Um, and I, I think now what we're seeing out of Florida, maybe Florida's coming in, and that's going to knock Tampa into you know fighting for a wild card if they can get right. that. Yeah. And, and and you got a lot of you got a ton of talent in the metro too, so you got to you know add in that. And, and the inevitable improvement of the teams that didn't make it mm-hmm. uh, into the playoffs, and so um, I think the metro will be more difficult. The Atlantic will certainly be more difficult if Florida. If this this is not a fluke in Sunrise, no. Um, not with a two games to none advantage on coming home uh, in the second round. Uh, they just gelled at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, well, I mean, well, only time will tell with uh, right. what's going on in, in sunrise. Um, I, I mean, I never, even teams that, that I, I grew up, you know, kind of butting heads with, I, I you never wish ill upon another team. So, uh, you know, let, let's see uh, what Tampa's able to do going forward. Um, it's always exciting when they're in the mix, but it's also good to see some fresh blood as it comes up. Not to say that that Boston's going to be a shoe in either. <laughs> as we had just mentioned, they have a lot of holes to fill in that roster if all their UFAs are gone. All right. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll keep track of uh, all the playoff action. You can check it out at prohockeynews.com. Uh, we have plenty of writers who will be covering these stories as they unfold. Lou, I think I think we might need to do some some weekend bet ninety nine picks. What do you think? Sure, let's give it a shot. You want to start tonight? Uh, well, we we have one game tonight, one game going on f- on uh, Saturday. Um, I, you know, I I, I don't want to make you pick the Devils or the Hurricanes twice. So let, let's just start on Saturday. Um, okay. Let's start Saturday, May 6th. We have one game on the docket. Um, we have the Oilers at the Vegas Golden Knights. Lou, who do you have in this one? Boy, I I liked the way um, Vegas played the other night. So I will take... The Golden Knights. All right. Um, I'm going to take the Vegas Golden Knights as well. Something about their matchup against Edmonton. I am starting to lose faith in the Oilers just a hair, but I mean, I, this, this series is still going at least six games. Oh yeah. Um, but I, so, I see Vegas defending home ice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to use my psychic powers up to Edmonton. And I believe, yes, yes, Jacob is going to go with the Oilers. <laughs> I, I should make him go with the Vegas Golden Knights. I really right, should. Because right. uh, I, I got a different vibe than you did. <laughs> so, you know, by the time, it, by the time that vibe reached Albuquerque, it was, it was Vegas. He, he's a little wishy-washy <laughs> this week. All right. Uh, game number two, Carolina at New Jersey. Lou, who do you like? I'm going to take Carolina. There's something uh, I have never been sold. We've talked about this. I have never been sold on the Hurricanes, but I do believe that this year Eric Stahl um, is the answer to Jack Hughes. Um, He really uh, eliminated Jack Hughes from game one, and I see him doing it again um, in game three uh, up in Newark. So, Hurricanes, yep. Um, I'm going to go with the the jerks as well. Um, I, you know, as as they're at home playing against New Jersey, or sorry, um, yeah, they're at home. Yeah. Um, playing against New Jersey, uh, yeah, that that five one win I don't think was a fluke. Uh, I think they're going to take game two as well. I think the series turns a bit in game three, but that is for a later prediction. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, getting my, my psychic VPN back up and running, going up to Jacob in 
Edmonton. Yes, he is going with the Devils in game two. All right, so that brings us to game number four. Um, and these last three games are going to be on Sunday. So Toronto at Florida. Lou, who you got? Um, I am... I, I got to take the Leafs. I just don't see them going down 3-0. Okay. Uh, maybe it's a little wishful thinking on my part. I'm going with Florida. I think Florida <laughs> takes a 3-0 lead. Wow. They okay. look, I, I, yeah, they'll extend I, it to a six-game winning streak. Why not? Yeah, I, I, I would not be – I will not be surprised. But uh, it's uh, – I, I just need to go with the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Uh, Jacob is going to go with the Leafs as well. Uh, he doesn't like the idea of a team from Florida beating a team from Canada. All right. Game number four, last game this weekend, we have Dallas at Seattle. Lou, who you got? Boy, um, Seattle outscored <laughs> Joe Pavelski in the first game. Uh, Pavelski had four <laughs> goals. He picked up his fifth in, in game two, uh, which was a star's win. Seattle did not play well. Uh, in game two, uh, Jake Ottinger played a whole lot better uh, for the for the Stars in net in game two. Um, I I sort of believe in Seattle, so I'm going to take them and uh, for their uh, for their first home game of this series. All right, um, I want to go with Seattle as well. Um, I. I really want to see a Seattle Vegas Western Conference final. I think Ooh. that would be great. Yeah. Um, realistically, I, you know, Seattle hasn't been great at home in the playoffs. They've had three games. They're one and two at home. Uh, but you know what? I, I they're going to turn it around. They, they're going to they're going to even up their home record against Dallas. I'll take them in game three. They will take okay. a two one lead, and um, you know. Jacob just has it out for me this week. He's going Dallas. He's just Jeez. going opposite me all, all week. And you know what? Given my performance last week on the first line, not a bad idea. <laughs> there we go. There are our PHN picks, our bet 99 PHN picks of the week. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at pro hockey news podcast. And if you would like to follow along, make your picks for the Stanley cup playoffs. You can use the hashtag PHN picks. Lou, it is time for our parting thoughts. What is on your mind this week? What is on my mind? Um, I I am always reminded this time of year, uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin, uh, the historian, wrote an absolutely wonderful book about um, her family's attachment um, to um, Boston Red Sox. And... Uh, it was titled uh, Wait Till Next Year. And I have an <laughs> autographed copy of this book. And nice. I, this is a book I just loved because as, the, as a historian, she attached all of the historical issues around baseball and, you know, particularly around the, uh, the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers and that sort of thing. Um, so it was all about that and her family. And, you know, it was the years and decades and nearly centuries of, you know, brewing uh, Red Sox futility. And I'm reminded every year when the Rangers go down uh, <laughs> for, you know, to complete the third decade of losing uh, in the playoffs or not making the playoffs of Doris Kearns Goodwin and thinking that uh, if she can make it through, um, I can make it through as well. So <laughs> that's my, that's my parting thought for today. That is a great parting thought. I might need to read that book uh, because I, it really I, I'm, is. I'm feeling a little let down this season. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know what? There is always next. But you know what? I, I grew up at, at changing sports a little bit. I, I grew up a Texas Rangers fan. Oh. And I know that there is always next season, even though your team makes it to the World Series two years in a row. There's always next season. Right. You can possibly win next yeah. season. Um, yeah, uh, my parting thoughts, um, you know, a happy belated birthday to future producer, Philip Cote, uh, last yeah. Saturday was his fourth birthday. He is, um, he's getting close to running this household here. 
He is uh, he is in charge and just doing his thing. He is doing fantastic and soon will be, you know, spinning the dials here on this podcast. And I will be looking for a new job in the unemployment office. Um, but yes, happy birthday to Philip. We had a great time celebrating with him. We have a birthday party lined up for him this weekend uh, with all of his classmates because we couldn't make it happen last weekend, uh, but should be a good time. Um Really looking forward to it. So it'll be nice, fun family weekend. All right. Thank you, listeners, for making us part of your routine and uh, checking out this episode of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, my custom sports chair, the Chicago Wolves Merchandise Store. By the way, you can still use code PHN15 to get 15% off your purchase at chicagowolvesstore.com. Thanks to Manscaped and to LDE Affinity Jewelry for sponsoring this podcast and keeping us on the airwaves. For some reason, people still want to listen to us. So we're still here for you the listener. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Everybody, I will see you next week.